Hello, welcome back to another episode of... What's that show called again? CC. That one. We are doing an episode today delving into the depths of Dr. Prasad's brain. Dr. Prasad is her new name as she's just finished her science degree. She's officially a genuine scientist <laughs> with so much science to share with Stop you guys. Look, if you like Andrew Huberman and you like all those other science podcasts, you will love this episode because you are going to learn so much about science. I'm but cringing so much. so happy that you listened. You'll be like, wow, that was the most scientifically informative thing I've ever ever pressed play on and enjoyed the entire time so taking you over now to dr danica prasad ladies and gentlemen <sighs> thank you thank you first of all first uh, please and the ladies, crowd roars. ladies and gentlemen please settle settle down settle settle first of all i am cringing so much that i have folded in on myself second of all <laughs> Most of the prasads in the world are doctors. I am nowhere near one of them. Nowhere near being a doctor. Thirdly... She's being modest. She's, third, te- she's technically a doctor. I'm not being modest. She's technically a you doctor. You have to do a PhD to be a doctor. I'm, I've finished my undergrad, okay? Thirdly... So you're basically a doctor. I'm not a scientist. You have to do science to be a scientist. I have not done science. All I've done is a sport and exercise science degree that gets my foot in the door to if I wanted to then become qualified to be a scientist. Is that clear? That's clear. So then tell me what was the most interesting interesting thing that you learnt, you know, studying your science degree and now being a doctor. <laughs> anatomy and physiology. And why? Why anatomy okay. and physiology? Anatomy and physiology and f- like physics and biomechanics were You're my just favorite big words now. My favorite those are not big words. Those are huge words. Physics, what is that? Never heard that word in my life. Uh, okay, first of all, I love anatomy and physiology because I love the human body and I wanted to develop an intricate understanding of the world inside of ourselves. And so getting to experience that firsthand nice was... Nice pun there, firsthand, because first-hand. she got to put her hand into dead bodies. Yeah, I did. Uh, the cadaver labs were amazing. I wish... Was that your favorite part? Yeah, it was my favorite part. We did, I, didn't, I was supposed to have three semesters of cadaver labs and I only had one, which, which mm. was devastating. But, you know, it was still one of the best parts of my whole experience because the human body is inherently fascinating. It's crazy to watch. Just to see, like, Mm. somebody cut cut down the middle and, like, flayed open right in front of you and just to look at the brain and the brain stem and the windpipe, like, everything, everything, just every little bit of it. Was there anyone in your class who just found it inherently disgusting? Well, no, because I was midgy entry, so everybody had already done a semester of... Okay, so everyone Anatomy was before, so everyone was point. desensitized. And you were like ready. You were like, I had, let me get in there. I had about, I would say, a 10-minute period of, like, when I got in the class, I sat down and there was really no, like, the, the teachers also, like, most students had, was that was their second semester by then, so they didn't really make a big deal of it. So they were just like, yeah, come in, sit down. And the cloth, like, there was towels sitting all over the dead bodies. You could see, like, the outline of the bodies under them. And I was mm. like, okay. And there was a smell, like, that sweet embalming smell Wait, i don't understand why you use the describing word sweet it's to a describe sw- a, a rotting corpse can it's you, a, no you... it's not rotting they use they embalm them they preserve them they preserve them yeah what what's the smell like? it's sweet it's like a it's a what kind of sweet are we talking like donuts sweet chocolate? organic um like, i don't know like how lemon to, oil kind no, of sweet? no not lemon oil i don't know how to describe <laughs> it i really can't describe it it's just a weird sweet musty smell cool 
So that's the first thing that hits you. And then when they, and then they say, all right, go for it, go through your worksheets. And so the, the students just walk over and just uncover the bodies. Cause again, they're used to it, mm. but I wasn't used to it. So I didn't just walk up and uncover a body. And so once I saw people like folding back the towels, I had this, I would say like a five to 10 minute period where I was feeling like a little bit dizzy and nauseous because it's all of a sudden there's just somebody cut open lying there in front of you. And it's a bit like, okay, it's pretty full shit. on. Yeah. <laughs> but then after that you get interested and then from there on in, it was just fun. Interesting. What was the very thing that made you interested or less nauseous, more interested? I mean the worksheets, like let's go through, let's go through the cardiovascular system. Let's look, have a look at where the heart is located. Let's have a look at the heart. Let's look at the vessels. Like, so how much of the body is visible? All of it. So, you, the, so we went through the systems of the body in that I, I guess for the wet labs, we we're supposed to go through everything, but we went through the systems of the body. So there was like one week was cardiorespiratory. So like the, lung, the lungs and the heart. One one week was digestive. One week was, I don't know. So you go through the, one week was reproductive. So you get to see everything. You see everything from many different angles. So you get to see a, a chest with the heart sitting in the chest. And then you get to see the heart on its own. Then you get to see the heart wow. cut open. And then, Incredible. you know, so there's like a lot of different points of view. What were you most fascinated that looked the most different to what you had imagined in your brain once you went into a body? You were like, oh, I didn't know the intestines. Or... Oh, that's a really good question. Um... For me, it was the liver. Learning about how the liver looks. I was like, whoa, I would never have guessed that. But I haven't seen one in real life. Yeah. The liver was interesting. Like the lungs. The lungs? Like the lobes. Yeah, what do lungs look like on the inside? They've got lobes. Like they're split into like three lobes. Mm-hmm. Um, or I don't know. It was all pretty. I mean, you don't really know what to expect until you see it. And then it's mm. like, oh, okay then. Um, but yeah. So anyway, I found anatomy and physiology very interesting. I really enjoyed every, every second of it in learning about every single muscle and bone and cell and tissue, everything. And I also really enjoyed biomechanics and learning about physics. I, it helped me befriend maths. Um, and it helped me understand yeah, like the, the way the this dimension works, right? So understanding the way forces move through the body and the way we can manipulate forces and the way, um, I don't know, just all that stuff was really, really interesting to me. It helped me consider space-time in, in a very intimate and intricate way. And uh, I, I'm not super good at physics, but I, that's something that I would love to learn more about later in life. Mm. I don't know to what capacity because there's also an element of it that I don't care about. So, <laughs> um, but yeah, those two things stand out as being like the most fundamentally interesting to me. Right. Look, I would say that anatomy and physiology is one of the most interesting things and it should be taught generally to everybody. Everyone should know what's inside them. Yeah, I completely agree. Also, um, well, I think when you do get caught, but taught, sorry, but you can't appreciate it when you're young. I don't know. You have to develop a different kind of appreciation for it. Like, why does this matter to you? But I think biomechanics was really interesting too, from the perspective of like energy moving through the body, like as, as like a yogi and some sort of energetic practitioner understanding, you know, the way you can align yourself to allow forces to travel optimally through the body. It's like, okay, you can think about that in terms of throwing a ball, but you can also think about that in terms of moving emotions through your body mm. or aligning yourself in like a yoga pose to to feel the less amount of 
the least amount of strain, allow your breath to travel most freely through the body. And I don't know, I'm not good at putting words to it. I feel like I finished studying and all of my intelligence went out the window because I was like, cool, I don't need this anymore. So Dr. Prasad, do you, are you saying you feel incompetent as a doctor? I feel incompetent full stop. And I'm not a doctor and I'm not a scientist, please. She's a scientist doctor. <laughs> Look, ultimately, I think that children should learn anatomy and physiology more than they should learn something like trigonometry. You know what I mean? Like one is basically inside you and one is a fucking triangle. It's, it's just like why when I saw some of the stuff you were learning about, I was like, I was very, uh, well, first I was grossed out if I'm honest. And secondly, I was confused because the terminology of anatomy and physiology is really dense and exciting. And I mean, I've just memorized all of them and I'd love to share some with you just to see your opinion. Jesse picked up the anatomy really well. It's quite impressive. Really quickly. Yeah. Yeah, Like what am I pointing to? That is the iliocrestal, um, subidermis. Amazing. Yeah. And give me, give me a few more. I got you. Oh, okay. Wait, let me think about this one. That's the transcranial epiglottimus. Wow. Dude. Everybody, Jesse's hand. What else? What else? Come on. Come on. Oh, that's your subterranean uh, lazimus. <laughs> yeah, Jesse, Jesse loved the anatomy lectures. Loved he it. just picked up loved so it. much naturally and so, it's quite impressive. It is impressive. Yeah. I don't know. I'm yeah, he's got he's a natural... He's got a knack for it. I do. I do. Um, but look, I remember learning anatomy and physiology throughout school and throughout high school. I remember we learning learned, about cells. We and I remember learning about we no, but you do. You go through it. You just don't remember it, and also you don't really care that much. Oh yeah, I didn't care about most things. You have school. to come to like I couldn't have even left. I couldn't have gone to university straight after high school and cared about any of this shit. You have to develop. You have to go away and develop your understanding of like what do you relate to in the world. Yeah. And then like why why is why does your health matter? Why does your body matter? Why does and everybody will relate to it in a different way. Some people will be really interested in nutrition. Somebody, some people will be really interested in like the physics aspect of it. Like, you know, what makes me move and how do I produce force and how do I manipulate my environment? And then some people will be interested in, in like a cellular biological level and, chem- mm. and a chemistry level. Like there are so many different ways to be interested in the self and the human body. And you can't force that upon anybody and everyone's got like their way. But, so. but you inherently do have things forced upon you in high school. And I think that if you're going to have things forced upon you, it's probably a bit wiser from their part to make them more relevant to things that are very directly relatable to us, like our I mean, intestines and our, you know, like I said, sternofascia and radioiliol girdles. Um, look... This is an important thing. In high school, I, 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 I remember taking biology, but I could never just get into it. Because again, it's like, how passionate is your teacher? What kind of models are they using for learning? And um, Oh, yeah, and it's all in the teacher. It's hey. all in the teacher. And it's also, the, the teacher. point of school is to present you with many, many different areas of information from art to cooking to science to math to English and people will fall in love with different things I mean Mm. I I was like an English and art girl and now I'm not going to touch English with a 10-foot pole anything to do with my life but my creative writing abilities and my essay writing abilities definitely came in handy later in life like I write a lot just in general um sharing on social media writing emails writing like for myself in my journal that's a very um, that's a way that I express myself. But then there's also like the essay writing, which was invaluable in my degree. Like writing scientific essays was actually quite easy for me. And I did really mm. well in them because I had that capacity from English. So everything overlaps. And 
you just got, I don't know, man. Like, I just think that school is what it is. It is what it is. But when you come out of school, I think that you need to take time to get to know yourself before you figure out what you want to do with your life and whether you want to pursue further, further education. I agree. I agree that then there are some people in school who figure it out, you know, in their high school or 100%. even primary school years. Yeah. But yeah, ultimately I'd say most people should take time after uni and just, sorry, before uni and just fucking go and experience life. Learn about yourself, learn about things that interest you and then come back to uni. It's because what's that statistic they say? Like most people, two thirds of people who start a degree don't finish it yeah. or transfer. Yeah. I literally met someone at Berkeley who did, I think, five of eight degrees he literally took all five and didn't finish any of them until he moved into the sixth one or maybe it was the fifth one but one of the later ones is like oh this is the one for me and i'm so glad that you know to know someone who, who, who bounced around like that because he must have a wealth of knowledge in all the different fields well i started out studying graphic design out of high school and then i transferred into japanese language that's cool and now i finished the sport and exercise science degree i never finished either one of those previous degrees but like how you can't get any more different than like graphic design like japanese hey. and then sport and exercise science what a pivot yeah like that's three massive pivots. yeah <laughs> so different yeah and what are you learning about pivoting now tell us about the nature of pivoting because i think pivoting is a very fun topic to discuss and well, i feel like i've been talking a lot so what what do you know about pivoting? it's human adaptability basically thanks for asking because i have a lot to say here <laughs> human <laughs> adaptability it's it's a way to see a situation and go uh, this is working or this isn't working. I'm going to change. I'm going to do this now. And some people get attached to what they need to do. Some people get attached to how they have to do things. Um, pivoting, I mean, my best frame of reference for pivoting uh, like directly from my life was me finding a passion for audio engineering. Now, I'm a fucking novice mixer, right? I know some really good engineers. Uh, however, I took one class as an elective at Berkeley. And... It, it was just something I was like, ah, oh, that seems interesting. And by the end of that class, I was like, I want to switch degrees or I want to double degree, which meant for me that I had to pivot because what I had originally intended to do was no longer as appealing or as exciting. And I wanted to challenge myself and everyone wants to challenge themselves. Inherently, we do. We just want, everyone likes a challenge, but it has to be a challenge relative to their passion. Otherwise, you know, I'm not going to challenge myself to go and write a physics paper or, you know. Yeah, it has to, I totally agree. It has to be a pivot relative to your passion, mm, any one of your passions. Any but one then of you them, ended yeah. up having to pivot again where you couldn't finish your degree. Exactly. Yeah. And so what did I do? I came back to Sydney and I found as many books, online courses. Uh, I even had private one-on-one tuition uh, that was weekly for about a year. Uh, I just basically filled the wealth of knowledge. I went through the Berkeley syllabus and I said, well, what would I have done and what am I missing out on having to come back to Sydney? And I started at the very beginning and introductory courses, beginner courses, moving to intermediate stuff, experimenting with my own music and, you know, trying to be the engineer in my own music. There are people out there, a very few amount of people out there who can create high quality music and also produce it and engineer it at a really high quality. I could probably name two or three who can do both those things incredibly well in the genre uh, that I like to create in. Um, but look, like I said, like my specialty is still guitar, guitar playing, uh, music writing, improvisation. But you're like expanding within your fields. I'm trying cool to expand. Yes, yeah. I'm trying to make 
the the first level of interest, which is guitar, more accessible by working on the second level of interest, so that the way that it's received, it's like it's it's like I describe it as the Photoshop of music, or maybe the outfit or the gift wrapping of the music itself. So you get to if you get a nice gift, well, if the wrapping's beautiful, it's going to be more impactful. Um, and also, yeah. it's also serving your own number one passion and path, which is guitar playing. So hell yeah! So yeah. That, that was a pivot and a pivot to, to like a very different aspect of my mind. Yeah, where I had to I had to do. Um, yeah, I was very left brained, which you're not. You don't sit very comfortably within that left brain. Not side naturally. Of yeah. No, like I'm, I'm usually quite an idiot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, but you know, it's one of those things yes, where. Uh, you use it in high school, you don't fucking touch it again. Then you go back into your passion and you're like, oh, I want to do more of this. So you end up, you know, thinking creatively and having to approach things out from outside the box and learn. I think with music, it's interesting because I think music inherently connects you to both sides of your brain. Mm. Like you could study jazz and then it's mostly left brain stuff. Let's leave that stuff for last. I'll, I'll leave. Yeah. That, I mean, yeah. We, we discussed it last episode. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm not going to, I'm not going to delve into that too much, but audio engineering, like I had a professor say to me that, you all should be wearing lab coats because that's how specific it is when you're working with frequencies and sound. You all need to understand. It's physics again. It's physics. And so actually it's funny you say physics because to to actually qualify for the degree, uh, you have to take a physics physics class. Yeah. And man, I was not that good at mathematics in high school. Yeah. But But like you said- It's actually not about that. Like I was was the worst at maths. Out of every single thing I studied, I was the worst. Okay, sports and maths. And then I ended you were definitely up doing, worse at sport than you were math. Yeah. And then I ended up doing a sport and exercise science degree, which included physics. So mm. it's like, there you go. But I actually did. I fucking killed it at the maths. I did so well because when you find maths that is directly applicable to what you are interested in, mm. now the maths relates to the human body and I'm quantifying forces. And that was interesting. Like, that's, so that's I think, exactly right. I think you would maybe exactly be right. able to feel the same way i don't know about audio engineering but like well, it, becomes, it was it was yeah. the exact same way it was the exact same way because what i was studying was architectural acoustics which is how sound travels in the theater uh so imagine or in any architectural setting uh churches you know there's, there's, so how it's affected by different materials and different sizes of spaces yes. and shapes of spaces how and much everything. of the sound is absorbed by you know, the carpet and the walls and why is the roof shaped like this? What does that accomplish? You know, how long is it before the guy at the very back of the stadium is hearing the sound versus the person at the very front? How many milliseconds difference? What is the decay time of the sound? Little things like that. It's really, (laughs) it's, look, it's very, it's very nerdy. It's very mathematical. No, it's cool though. Um, This is why, like, this is, I love it. Yeah, this is fundamentally why I love science because it, it, I mean, again, like the laws of physics, our chemistry, our biology lies at the heart of everything. It's at the core of everything. And as a creative, you can see how the laws of physics and science apply to you in a depth and depth and deepen your understanding of your field. And whereas for me, like I always say, like, even if I was an artist, I still work first and foremost with the human body. I work best when my body is feeling good because I mean, movement is my way into the world. And so for me to understand, like having an intimate understanding of what makes my body work and what makes it work right and have it working optimally is, is, is an understanding that's based in science. And I think that science lends to creativity and then esoterica so powerfully and fundamentally like it oh, is yeah. it is the foundation and if you can take that knowledge and then if you can take like a like a base level understanding of science and then expand it out 
in like creatively and then expand it out esoterically, you can embody the full package in this lifetime. It's a very vague way of explaining something very specific, I guess. But yeah. Well, Albert Einstein said that the more he uh, studied physics, the more he wished he studied metaphysics. 100%. So that's a, that's a powerful thing in itself. Because if you abolish the walls in your mind and you study anything to do with science, especially like the human body, it's, you realize the more, you know, the more you don't know. The more you know, the less you know. Because yeah. like if you, it's the thing where you, if you zoom in far enough or you zoom out far enough, we don't actually know anything. There's like the middle that we kind of get, but what underlies all of it, we we have theories, like muscle contraction theory. I always use that as an mm. example, but it's like, mm. can we say definitively we understand the mechanics of all of it? Not quite. <laughs> There's an interesting um, book called The Biology of Belief by Dr. Bruce Lipton where he kind of explains in the beginning of the book that as far as biology goes, like we pretty much have all the information we'll ever need. And that's a, it's a really fascinating book. So there are some fields where it's like, it's, it seems as if we know everything we, we're going to need to know for a long time. Yeah. But we're going to keep building upon that stuff. Right? I love that. It's like, it's really interesting because a lot of people will be like, are you kidding me? No, there's still so much we don't know. But it's like, stop looking into flesh and bone for those answers Mm. we have to start well that's what that was his approach yeah like we have to start getting holistic with it yeah because that's where things start to merge that's where biology becomes energy becomes emotions becomes thoughts and you know what true scientists the 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 narrow-minded ones will label anything metaphysical and holistic as pseudoscience and i think that word has a place in society it's really important that it's there because there's a lot of bullshit out there. There's so much bullshit. But unfortunately, things that are very valuable and very insightful and very, um, I guess, progressively pushing uh, science forward, unfortunately, still get buried under that category. And, and a it lot makes of, me sad. A know? lot of actual pseudoscience is, just science. Is, 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 is what people think is science. Like what, you know, oh, the, yeah, 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 like yeah, the yeah, main yeah. narrative versa, that yeah. is pushed by mainstream media and big pharma it's like Mm. a lot of that science is pseudoscience they look specifically at one perspective funded by one company pushing their one agenda how is that not pseudoscience Mm. you know it's it's a it's a well it's 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 like it's it's a curated version of science that's not really what science is exactly it's 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 biased science and i mean the point of science experimentation is to be as unbiased and as open-minded as possible yeah. and that's why i say the real scientists real scientists are open-minded and that's that's why this, this 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 whole thing of pivoting has been coming up for me because i think that when you study like when you go down the academic path you can become so rigid and so left-brained where you become very fixed in your mentality and you see one path and that is the way and I need to do this and then I need to do this and then I need to do this and then I'll get here and then I'll do this and then I'll get here. And it's like, okay, but that is one predetermined path Mm. to where you want to go. What happens when your passions start to interject? What happens when your emotions start to interject? What happens when your mental health starts to interject? What happens when other areas of interest start to wave at you what you know uh, and and what's the rush and I don't know I just feel like there's I can walk this real like linear limited path or I could go away and live and experience and delve into the creative side of life which always raises so many more questions that 
bring me back to like the science of like, what do I need to figure out now? You know? And I'm in this space of like, I had so many questions, like specific questions that I thought I wanted answered, but now I'm like, I need to really make sure that I'm asking really important questions to me that are going to get me to where I really want to go. And not just for the sake of like doing research and becoming a scientist and getting this job. Like, cause what is, what would that accomplish? It's just more to life than that. There's just more to life than that. And it's like, I may be at li- least for you, there is, I, th- I feel like for some people, they just want that and they'll be happy. And that's yeah. awesome. And there's also like other ways to answer your questions. Like, I think I'm going to take so much away from this science degree in the sense that I don't need, there are some questions that like can't be definitively answered. And there are some questions that the scientific method, at least the mainstream scientific method won't be able to answer. And at least a lot of the topics that I'm interested in are so open and so vast and so undefined that the attempt to to define it is limiting and won't give me the answers that I'm fundamentally looking for. Does that make sense? Yeah. I'd love an example though, if there's one on the top of your head. I don't want to share. Okay. Never mind. Do you have an example? I I mean, look, I have, I have some examples that are sort of unrelated to this. I could get really specific. I'll, I'll get really specific. Yeah, tell us. This is about you and your science doctorate. Oh, shut up. So I'm I'm really interested <laughs> in alternative and holistic medicines, including plant-based medicines. So, for example, there's this rise of um, psychedelic therapy right now, particularly in the psychological and psychiatric fields. And I'm very interested in uh, like psychedelic therapy and plant-based therapies to integrate sort of the mind and the body and to come at it from like a physical perspective. Right. But at the moment, especially with the, with like the trends and the way things are going, the way things are happening in Australia, a lot of people, you know, research is being done on both the mind and the body in this field. But ultimately, if you really want to work with these medicines, you're limited to somebody who works with the mind. Does that make sense? Because so it's, either a so it's fundamentally a, a psychological thing. And the perspective yeah. right now is these medicines are fundamentally a mental based experience. They are affecting your perception and something might come up. And if you don't understand psychology, if you don't understand the brain and the mind and thought patterns, then you cannot manage it. And I come at it from a perspective of there are people working with these medicines that leave the mind completely out of it. There are ways to channel this energy through the body that are purely physical, purely physical. That's what shamans have been doing. That's what shamans have been doing. Oh, you think they're thinking about the experience, man, when you get to a certain point in the experience, there is no mind. And yes, you need to come back and integrate. And if you don't have the mental capacity to hold that, then you probably won't be able to sort of integrate and weave that into your everyday life. But there's also a way to work this energy through the body. And so I'm seeing a lot of like, you know, a lot of cool work being done by people who look to me as a sport and exercise scientist, really unhealthy, quite overweight, probably have some sort of chronic underlying disease and health condition. And I'm like, there's the discrepancy, right? It's like, can we, I mean, I would love to use this medicine to like optimize physical function, which people like, we talk about Ben Greenfield are doing, he you know, like, like he, yeah, he just stopped, but yeah, most people, he just stopped. Yeah. He just yeah, stopped. Yeah. And which is so yeah, sad. Don't even get me started. We should have a whole <laughs> separate episode on that. But <laughs> I can't believe that whole situation, but basically I, I understand it. I've thought a lot about it. I understand yeah. It. I'll talk about that another time. Yeah. But you can use these medicines to become the superhuman version of yourself. And I think to purely hold it in the, in the mental model, in the psychological and psychiatric settings, which like hello are already, 
limited very yeah, limited yeah, yeah, course, like where yeah. is the integrate integration between mind and body and that's why i'm like if i go down the road the route the route the road the route as a sport and exercise scientist and i delve into psychedelic therapy which i know how to do i have those opportunities i have those pathways i have the support i i know how to do it it's not something that's out of my reach it's very within my reach mm. i think that i would still i'd be able to do a master's and do a postgrad and still come out on the other side of it with some sort of like respect in in the field as like she's worked with psychedelic medicines but will i ever be able to prescribe and treat and work with that medicine in a legal based setting to help people optimize their bodies unless they were like cancer patients or chronically depressed and tried every other option no if and unless i had gone down the psychological route as well which people have told me to do they're like hey you should do you should do a master's in some sort of psychological thing i don't know i don't even know because i'm not even gonna look into it i'm like no not interested. Yeah, you got you got to have that initial interest. Yeah, and so that's why that is why I'm taking a step back and I'm not you know quitting, I'm pivoting because I'm like, all right, I know where I want to be eventually mm. to mm. some capacity. What's another way to crack that? What's another way to work with that? How can I deepen my work with the human body? And again, like if I go back into science and I go back into academia, if I go back to university, I have less time for my body. I have less time for my energy. I have less time for my creativity. I have less time for the things that make me me. And it's really important for me to right now come back to myself in like the biggest way. So that's how I'm pivoting Mm. right now. Before it was like, I mean, again, like if I wanted to become Dr. Prasad, I know it would look so good. I know it would yeah, look so good. the world needs more Dr. Prasad. But does the world need more fucking Dr. Prasad? And also, I would do it and I would do it well and I would I would smash it because I'm fucking high achieving. And I put myself aside to do well. Mm. But that's the problem. It looks so good on the outside. Oh my God, Danica, you did so well. You have all of these opportunities. Like, look, at you. she's so paper. smart. She's paper, such a good yeah. girl. It's good on paper. But, but within inside. myself, I'm dying inside. Yeah. I see that and I've always known that for you. Yeah. Um, because I know how multifaceted you are and I know that being forced to remain in one of your passions will inevitably make you depressed because you have a lot of gifts to share. And I, I think your um, major goal should be to, you know, share all of them because they're all awesome. Yeah. They're all, you're really, really good at all of them. You're not just like kind of good at this and kind of good at that. You have a lot to offer in a lot of different ways. So yeah, so you obviously had that realization, and and then we're like, okay, this, I don't feel like I want to just stay in this realm for for a while. I want to dip my toe into here, and dip, because you know, Earth is like a playground, and yes. it's it's so interesting to me how the further in every single model, the medical model, but every single model, the further the further we remove ourselves from nature, the more fucked up things get. Hundred percent. And then the more the pull is to come towards nature, and I think. The reason why you know psychedelic therapy is coming back up is it's it's but it's coming up through a through a mental model. Look, by the way, I still think that's the best thing in the whole entire world. Let me oh, reiterate, amazing. like it's like I'm, oh, it's, it's I'm gonna, so it's here. It's gonna for change it. people's lives. Yes, but uh, it is inevitably like a, a funny way of acknowledging that that's mankind's return to nature, but through the mind because we've always had to conceptualize things before we can actually feel it and see it and do it. However. Will that be a limitation? Will will it be the kind of thing that gets instated as legal in certain places? And then because it was only used at, underneath the mental model of psychology and not in the you know body and 
intuitive and deeply connected to energy way that shamans have been using it for, there's a chance we could be set back even further. Yeah. Because we're not using these the way the way nature and the way the way nature evolved. And I understand that nature evolved certain things in funny ways and then we found the right way to do them later. Yeah, and also understanding that everything is the way that it needs to be as well. Yeah, and that's why I think more people are, it's more likely that people are going to go to a tribe and use medicine there um, that's in the Amazon somewhere, hypothetically, rather than go to a clinic in you know, on Melrose Avenue on in, in Los Angeles just to just to do, you know, ketamine or MDMA or something. Well there are two types of people, right? There are there are, there's definitely a type of people, a type of person who doesn't trust the shamans and trusts the doctors. And so that for those people we're very fortunate to have and there's also people who True are on the, the fringe of their sanity and the fringe of their life where they're like, I want to kill myself or I want to have an experience. And so for those people who are not open to having that experience on the black market. Mm. It's really great for them. But but I know that I know that the Glad questions I, I am asking, whoever I present them to, and, and I've spoken to people who are already doing this work, the questions that I'm asking, nobody is like nobody's considering it. Nobody's getting. Nobody is coming at it from outside of that rigid scientific based understanding where mm. I'm bringing a little bit of magic into it and they're just like yeah, that won't work. And I'm like, yeah, but why? That's, that's, that's the thing that... That's the question though, when you really get down to it. Oh yeah. Like I'd love to bring the magic to the science and, and this is what I'm it's saying. Already like, been, th- it's this already is my there, whole thing. It's already there. Yeah. There are people doing it, you know, but I want to be one of the people who brings the magic into the science and integrates the two. And if you want to bring the magic into the science, you can't just live the science. You have to live the magic too. Yes. And so I'm at this place in my life where I'm like, cool. I've developed a fundamental understanding of the science. Let's go do some magic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> let's see where that takes me. <laughs> yeah, let's see where that goes. And there's, yeah. a, there's a lot of people who are, who are, who have done that already have combined science and magic. And I've mentioned perhaps maybe once before, uh, Dr. Judith Orloff. Oh her, her yeah, work. there's so many amazing people she's doing, doing that. it. Yeah, she's yeah. doing that in the realm of psychology and the realm of the mind. Yeah. Um, there's there's uh, also this like uh, biochemist and like Lipton. genetic practitioner who's I've heard oh, about yeah. her. What podcast was it? That it was, was Ben Greenfield, Terry Cochrane. Yeah. Oh my goodness, she's like looking into your. She's looking into the genetic codes of human individuals and then she's going into like past lives and just doing like this real dense microbiology and blood work and like processing your i don't know everything everything physiological and then everything biological and then everything esoterical esoteric and metaphysical and it's absolutely wild but it's like it's the way and okay that's so so cool that's for me it's like i need to either bring the magic to the science or the science to the magic and whichever path is most receptive whichever path welcomes me with most open arms that's the way i'll walk whether Mm. i have to bring and i do i bring i bring the science to the magic i keep things practical i keep things grounded and i remind people that you don't have to choose one or the other we live in a holistic integrated world fundamentally we're just we just pretend that we don't <laughs> you know we that just... would be better if you could have them integrated everyone who thinks logically you know needs to work on creativity yes and vice versa yes. and then i mean again to quote albert einstein he said imagination is more important than intelligence 100 percent, because science is based on people asking new questions thinking about things in new ways mm. developing creative solutions to fix problems that are age old that's right and nikola tesla as well he used to do that in the way that he used to visualize any invention that he was going to make he would close his eyes and visualize it in meticulous detail and he would know 
by the time he opened his eyes, if it was going to work. Yeah, that's crazy. So that's, I mean, that's that's a kind of psychic power, yeah. isn't it? Like that's genuine yeah. advanced, oh, bump the mic. That's advanced, advanced visualization, yeah. first of all. And second of all, it's, you're able to see into into the nature of mechanics, but even just thinking up the idea takes so much creativity. Yeah. And then, you know, having the intensely, uh, like, what's the word? Like a developed left brain to yeah. go and put it into action and see all the wiring and, and imagine how it's going to look. It's like, yeah. it, it's it's so holistic. And the greatest minds of our time are inherently exceptionally creative and exceptionally logical. And it's not about having both those things separately. It's about how much those those parts of your brain interact. Yeah, yeah. In anything that you do, even if you're first and foremost an artist, you have to have some sort of an intellectual process supporting the creative process where you're, whether it be through your daily routines or the way that you market yourself or the way that mm. you strategically get yourself out there. Yeah, so I think that's where I'm at where it's like I feel intellectually like – on, on, on like the intellectual, like masculine, whatever, whatever you want to call it, you know, on one side of my mind, I feel quite settled and quite like, there's a path, there's a way, here's a good foundation. And then on the other side, the creative side, it's so frazzled. It's like, I, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about this. What do I, who, who am I? What do I want to do? What's my, what's my thing, you know? And so I think that it's interesting that I've felt so comfortable committing three years of my life to one thing science and I'm just like have I ever created have I ever committed that kind of time to my creativity have I ever taken my creativity that seriously what would happen if I did what would what would happen if I spent three years grinding with my artistic process and learning and you know developing that skill set how would I create a foundation for myself then Mm. where would I be and Mm. so yeah I'm just I'm I think that I am quite scientific minded by nature in the sense that I'm very explorative and very curious mm. and, but also very creative because I want to find my own way. Damn it. Yes. <laughs> I want to find my own way. Don't tell me how to do it. Exactly. And that's, <laughs> that's what balance is, isn't it? It's like delving deep into one realm and then delving into something else to balance it out. It's, it's, you know, you dive into a spa that's super hot. You dive into a pool that's super cold. You get out and your body kind of equalizes somewhere in the middle. And it's like, ah, oh, now I'm warm again or comfortable again, you know? Yeah, it's like it's like the, the pendulum swing or the zigzag, right? Where it's like it starts off like, let's try this and let's try that and let's try this and let's try that. And then you start, like they bounce off of each other and they slowly get closer to the center where you just get closer and closer and closer to like your way, your path. What's your most path? important for you? Yeah. And yeah. there's less of that swing back and forth. So I guess right now I'm taking a relatively big swing, but nowhere near as big as going from graphic design to Japanese language. That's a huge swing. <laughs> you know, that's like as that's as big as it gets. That's as big as it gets. What a weird, what a weird, uh, t- like series of things to do back to back. Yeah. And but now- it, it, that, even that just shows how diverse and curious your mind is. Like, I want to do this. And then I want to do this. And they're so unrelated and different from each other, but fundamentally you're still very interested in both. So, you're going to come back with some good questions to present to science, I think. And you know what? As Yoda says, you must ask the right question. <laughs> I don't know how to do Yoda's voice, but you get the deal. I get the deal. Yeah, like I have a lot of people asking me, what are you going to do now? Are you going to do your master's? Are you not going to do your master's? And I'm like, you know what? I don't know. 
Stop asking me. Yeah. I'm going to do whatever I do. How about you do what you want to do? Just wait. And, yeah. And I'll do what I want to do. Don't worry and, about me. Yeah. Worry I'll about yourself. I'll be fine. I'll figure it out. <laughs> Just leave me alone. No. Um, Shave your head. Shave my head. Because then people head. will think you're crazy and they won't ask about what you're going to do because they'll yeah. assume you're crazy. And you know what? <laughs> Don't shave your head. But if you did, it would get people off your back. So, <laughs> look, if things get real serious and you want to shave your head, I support it. I'll do it. I'll do it. All right, fine. We'll stop asking. Um, just uh, whenever anyone asks, just pull like an electric, sh- electric shaver out from your pocket. And yeah. Just, <laughs> just motion to your head until they walk away. Yeah. <laughs> That's, I might I might invest in one. Yeah, only but, for that. Yeah. I mean, you think I'd own one already with how much hair I have. But, yeah. You, know, nah. you need a lawnmower and an electric shaver. Yeah, it's true. It's true. Um, but yeah, it's a cool place to be in where I'm at, where I'm like, I don't actually want to have it figured out at the moment i don't want to have a plan i just want to float and i want to feel it out and i think there's some good stuff coming through and i'm excited about it but i'm in a very different place in my life and it's awesome and that's the nature of pivoting isn't it it's the pivot has begun yeah and and just one last thing i'll say about the pivoting it's like being i feel like having the capacity to pivot is being adaptable of course and being responsive to life Mm. being responsive like you're having you're in communication with the energy surrounding you something comes at you you respond something comes at you respond rather than like when you're fixed and you're rigid and you're not adaptable and you're not pivoting you're like i want to do this and that's all i want to do then you're like deflecting life you're like don't talk to me don't come at me you know even even if you steal something from me even it's tunnel vision right and that's cool like it gets people where they want to go but I want to be in communion with life. I want to be responsive. I want to talk back. I want to give back. I want to flow. I want to shift. Conversation. I want to shape, shift. I want to change. I want to, yeah, I want a conversation. Mm, I don't know where I heard this, but responsibility is re- ability of responding or response. Yeah, your right? ability to respond. So, yeah. So, mm. I mean, I mean, responsibility yeah, I l- I re- equals response. Yeah. Ability. I like that one. Yeah. I really resonate <laughs> with that. Yeah. Anyway, so uh, it's interesting because it's not what most people would think of as re- being responsibility. No, right? it's, it's like, not. Do one thing. Do only that thing. Be get a job. Be a yeah. good girl. You know. It's like it's actually funny because the typical uh, notion behind responsibility is that you're supposed to be a robot. Yeah. You know, live, get a job full time, pay That's rent. Maybe like societally responsible, but That's exactly energetically and creatively. It's not. It's the ability it's so to respond at what life throws at you. Yeah. Um, anyway, this episode is not sponsored by Jason Power Smile Toothpaste. Uh, if you are someone who doesn't want to put a known endotoxin known as fluoride into their body every single time they brush their teeth, but all those other toothpastes just fucking don't do it for you, and you end up with stinky, smelly breath three hours later, just after you brush them and you're just like, why the fuck can't I find a healthy, normal, organic toothpaste that cleans my teeth and leaves me with fresh breath? Why? Tell them, Danica. Well, I mean, when you brush your teeth, you want that little bit of a burn. Like if you if you use that too much toothpaste yeah. and you leave it in your mouth for too long, you're like, ah, oh, spicy, so you know? Yeah. And you, only, you think you only get that with the Colgate crap, you know, like the chemical crap. Nah, we got you. We got you. Jason Power Smiles toothpaste yeah get on it get on this it episode is not sponsored by that product yeah can i do it uns- not sponsored by no 
What I will say is thank you all so much for listening. I have a favor to ask you all. Can you all please share the love by leaving us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify and a little comment with some love would be amazing. And if you don't want to leave a five-star review, if it's anything less, just don't worry about it. Thank you.